Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming out to Comic Book Club Live. Please give it up for your hosts, Alex and Pete. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I am Pete. And that's our man of the booth, Booth Man Prime. Guys, thank you so much for coming out tonight. Very excited to see you here. Big night. Very exciting night. night. Huge night. Uh, But Pete... We always uh, well plan out an opening bit before the show. We work yeah. on it for weeks beforehand. Uh, but right before the show, Pete wanted to talk about, he said, listen, let's talk about our President's Day weekend. Yeah, like how was your weekend, man? Did you uh, have the day off on Monday? It's great. You guys are probably really interested in this, right? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. We just got a Wii U. I didn't want to make everybody Ooh, jealous. But wow. What's up, money bag? Yeah, we probably pulled, money the, uh, pulled the plug on that. Woo! Pretty great. Uh, got a used game for it and played that all day. What so. was the used game? Don't keep Harry us Potter years one through four. Oh wow! Bam. Uh, Pete, what about you? How was your President's Day? Punisher got canceled. Yeah, I cried into a garbage plate. <laughs> sad. That's by the way. That's not a sad. metaphor. That's a Rochester dish that that's he actually right. cried into. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are you feeling okay? Are you recovered? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm all right. Sure. There'll oh, be man. another <laughs> chance for Punisher to be. Did you, when you heard the Punisher got canceled, did you watch the Punisher again? Yep. Yep. Wait, really? Yeah. How much of the Punisher? As much as I could. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, how much, just remind me, in the first weekend of Punisher season two, you watched 37 hours of the Punisher? Yep. Yeah. Great. That's crazy. Uh, very excited about our guest, who hopefully is not quite as crazy as that. He's actually one of our favorite people to have on the show. He is a writer for New York Magazine and Vulture.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Abraham Reisman! Welcome back oh, to the show, sir. Welcome please. back. Come, have sit a down. Scene, yay, have a microphone. Yay. Hello. Yay. Hooray. Yay. I love being here. Oh, oh we love having you You guys here. are so 
friendly. I think, I feel like the last time you were on the show, we were in a hot attic. Is that right? Uh, that was, was like the second to last time. The okay. hot attic was the day that um, we first learned about the Trump P tape. Oh, right. Oh, I remember right. that. It was like all we could talk about before the show started. <laughs> yeah. And we had no idea how big a thing it was going to become And then we had minds. to pivot to comic books. Then now. we had to pivot to comic books. Yeah, mm-hmm. which, which, I mean, comic books sort of prepares you for weird stuff like that happening in reality, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like people who have been reading Gonzo sequential art for their entire lives were a little better prepared for the Trump presidency. Yeah, there was a large chunk of X-Men comics in the 90s that were pretty much nothing but P-tapes. Yes, so. <laughs> that's right. It's true. Uh-huh. So oh, you've man. been super busy. You've been doing a lot of stuff. Uh, I've been I, doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the big that. thing that you were doing, your big news, is you went part-time Yeah, part-time at your right? mag because I'm writing a book. I'm writing um, a biography of uh, none other than Uncle Stan Lee for right. Uh, Penguin Random House. Yeah, so I've been working Congrats. on that. Thank so, you, thank you, thank you. Can you, talk, can you talk about how did that come together? Sure. Um, it's a weird story insofar as I had spent years pitching books books uh, never to any avail, and actually, I would I would say to decreasing avail as time <laughs> went on. Like it, it started out with like I did a proposal with my book agent in like 2016, and we like got to have a meeting with an editor, and it was really exciting. And then by the end, uh, it was just me tossing stuff into the void and nothing happening. And then out of the void, uh, I got an email from uh, an editor at Penguin Random House. Uh, who uh, wanted me to write this biography. He he reached out right after Stan passed away. Uh, I felt like now was a time to begin working on a story about the guy's entire life. Um, and so, you know, I had to go through various approval processes, and I had to write an outline and blah, blah, blah. None of that is interesting to listen to uh, <laughs> me talk about. But um, uh, eventually, yeah, I got approved. So I... Uh, just uh, a few weeks ago, got back from three weeks of book-related travel. I went to scenic Laramie, Wyoming, Ooh. which is where uh, other comics journalists and historians have also made pilgrimages in the past because that is, bizarrely enough, where Stan Lee's archives are housed at the University of Wyoming. Now, why is that? Basically, in the early Wyoming. 1980s, they, I mean, the short answer is they asked. Um, sure. And no one else had asked prior to them, and there were not other people asking at the time. And Stan was very susceptible to flattery. So when they said, we want to store your archives at the University of Wyoming at the American Heritage Center, which is a place that stores the archives of a number of cultural figures, uh, this is the early 80s, and he just said, uh, well, who else is there? And Well, this is his story, at least. And they said uh, a list of names, and when they got to Jack Benny, Stan went, well, if it's good enough for Jack Benny, then it's good enough for me. Now, most of you probably I don't even know who Jack Benny is, right? I know. Yeah. I heard an I know. Wait, okay, was that great. An I, I know. Oh, well, one guy does. So yeah. Does. So you know, uh, famous comedian from the uh, early to mid 20th century, and uh, Stan, of course, being born in 1922, uh, was very much of a generation that appreciated Jack Benny. So uh, yeah. So his stuff is there, and. It's a lot of freaking stuff. I can't remember. Can I swear on this podcast? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Okay, it's a lot of motherfucking stuff. Let me <laughs> tell you. It's it's just, there's like 194 boxes of Holy shit. papers, recordings, like cassette tapes, reel-to-reel tapes, VHS tapes, <laughs> DVDs. 
it's it's a treasure trove and you could really never get through all of it in like a year and i had five days to just try and blitz through and get luckily i had this sassy septuagenarian research assistant who apparently the preferred term is proxy researcher i learned this so if you don't want to insult somebody call them a proxy researcher and she was like um you know pele with a scanner it was incredible. Like she was able to just, I, I would like flag things and just, uh, you know, she would just scan the shit out of them. Let me tell you, and label the hell out of them. So when you were going through this, were there specific things you were looking for? Specific minds? You, you know, I, there were. I didn't have like one specific mystery I was trying to solve. It was basically just what information do I want to get in bulk and then look at later? Because I didn't really have time to investigate most of this stuff. I had to just go, okay, I'm glancing at this sheet of paper. Does it look like something I might want? Okay, I'm going to flag it, and then the sassy septuagenarian is going to scan it for me. And then, you know, when it came to the recordings, I'd, like, listen to the first few minutes or watch the first few minutes and be like, does this seem like it's going to get good? (laughs) Like, there's no way you can totally tell, but it's like, there's a good, good vibe going on here. And then sometimes I would request things just based on like the date. Like I, I requested copies of virtually everything that was very early because as uh, comics historians will know, um, the comics industry was super fly by night as of the early sixties. So like there wasn't a whole lot of like archiving going on at, of any kind. I mean, Martin Goodman, the publisher who, who ran, uh, you know, what became Marvel comics was famously just sort of a, a schlockmeister. So he was not really interested in kind of the prestige of his publications. So basically if you can find anything in that archive from like 1965, you want it because they didn't start really taking this, endeavor of like saving stuff seriously until around like the late sixties. So, um, anyway, that's a long winded way of saying I didn't really have one specific thing I was looking for. I was just trying to shovel in as much as I possibly could. What's, What's going to be your take on Stanley? Are you just going to try you know, to tell a story? That's a great He's question. Bad. <laughs> no, um, it's. I'm not sure yet. I mean, I, I have oodles and oodles of thoughts about Stanley Martin Lieber, uh, but I don't. I, you know, you're getting a real window into the process here, you guys. Oh, um, I don't really have my thesis just yet. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to. Uh, I, I mean, I have arguments in my head that I could use for the book, but what I'm trying to do is gather as much information as I can so that I can have something original to say. Because a lot of ink has been spilled on Stanley over the oh, years, yeah. and I want to be able to stake out a claim for something that hasn't been argued before and. Right now, I could definitely very effectively write a book that makes arguments that have already been made, and it would probably do okay, but I want something that like really gets you jazzed up. It's interesting to me, I know you said you didn't want to talk about this part of the process, but it's interesting to me that that wasn't the initial part of the book, the initial pitch for the book. What do you mean? Uh, that uh, there wasn't Stanley blank. This is the idea. No, well, I, I mean, I wrote an out... Don't tell anyone, but I wrote this outline making an argument... Sure, we won't share this podcast. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, I wrote an, you know, I wrote an outline making an argument, but the understanding with the editor was basically like, make an argument and then, like, you can go back and change it around based on evidence if you need to. But, like, there's no one really... They, they don't really expect you to... Um, 
fully have everything before you start. That would not really make sense and would be bad journalism. Um, right, because I'm sure it changes as you start. Sure, as you learn more. I mean, yeah. I, this all, I, I should have mentioned the reason that I got the call uh, initially was because I wrote a profile of Stan when he was still around, published in early 2016, and, uh, you know, I had a take there. But I'm not going to invalidate that. I'm not going to say, like, I got it wrong, but I think I might be able to build into something a little... Uh, more nuanced and, and rich or whatever. Or maybe I'll fall flat on my face. I have no was, idea. Was there anything you found out when on your trip that you were like, oh, man, I didn't know that? Or- oh, yeah. Um, let's see. That I didn't know. Uh, I'm, I'm really hesitant to say any of the stuff I found that was really surprising because I don't want to spoil the book. Right. But I will say I... I, I um, I'm not the first person to uh, mention this. It was already mentioned in a previous Stan biography that Tom Spurgeon and Jordan Raphael wrote a few decades ago. There's um, this folder from the mid-1970s where Stan uh, left some notebook sheets of paper, sheets of notebook paper, where he just scribbled down ideas, like really scribbled them. Like it's just jotted down. He was, I have no idea what the circumstance was, but some of them are hilarious, like unintentionally. Um, One of them, uh, perhaps my favorite is the mob takes over America. Now what? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, good question. It is a good question. Weirdly, then, um, Brian Michael Bendis took that idea, I don't think directly from Stan, but like the United States of Murder Incorporated is basically that, which I I don't think Bendis went to the archives to find that. No, I mean, there's not much of an idea there to begin with. It's not that much. You can kind of just run with it, I suppose. But um, uh, no, there's some very weird stuff in there. He, he, He had a lot of ideas and a comparatively few of them actually like took off. Like that's the thing that you forget about Stan Lee is, you know, he and Kirby and Ditko and a few other collaborators between like 1961 and when Stan became the president and publisher and stopped writing regularly in the early seventies. Um, you know, there were some truly world changing ideas that came out of there. And prior to that, And after that, Stan spent a lot of time coming up with ideas that did not really change the world or even were recognized by the world. I mean, can you name one project that Stan did in the past 20 years that... Uh, Stripperella. Stripperella, sorry. As soon as I said that, I was like, he's going to say Stripperella. (laughs) Stripperella is the... You can tell by his eyebrows. It's pretty iconic. Yeah, yeah. okay, so there's Stripperella. Um, Mm -hmm. But, like, did you watch The Condor? No. No. Did you watch most? Oh, wow. Somebody watched yeah. The Condor. No way. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Good for you. What you'll find over the course of the show is every time you say, well, you guys don't know this, one or two people <laughs> know well. That is the thing about comic book nerds, isn't it? Yeah. You, you never, <laughs> never assume. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, so I was in Wyoming. Then I went to Los Angeles for two weeks to interview people who knew him and go to that Stanley tribute event that Kevin Smith hosted, and that was interesting in and of itself. But uh, I'm talking too much now, though. No, no, no. no. I, that was actually the next thing I was going to ask you is what is the following? up after you spent the time in the archives is it interviews at this point is yeah i'm doing a, it's a ton of interviews and a ton of reading through stuff from the archives reading books reading other interviews that have been done i mean there's no you know the thing i'm trying to make my peace with is the fact that i will not ever nor is it possible for me to get through everything stan ever did or was profiled in or interviewed about or whatever I'm just never going to get through all that material. And 
I, I apologize to my future readers that I can't be as comprehensive as one would like to be when it comes to writing a biography, but there's just not enough time in the world. The guy just kept cranking stuff out and kept yeah. talking to people. And it would take me, you know, he lived to be almost 96. It would take me 96 <laughs> years to get through it all. Yeah. Uh, you're working on some other stuff at the same time. Yeah, though, right? yeah. So I'm still part-time at New York Magazine, so I'm still cranking out stuff there. Um, I have a piece going up uh, tomorrow about this really interesting political cartoonist, but it's kind of a downer. Um, the, the Cool. Op- Tell us. I know. Fun times. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, Politics uh, and a downer? I'm in. <laughs> Welcome to Comic Book Club. Um, so, uh, no, the fun one that, um, I'm mentioning now because, uh, I love my editor, but he has not gotten around to even reading the first draft and I need him to. So I'm going to put it out into the world, like the secret style. And then like, maybe it'll actually get attended to. Um, I wrote this piece I have now coming up, spent on almost two years on in it on and off. Uh, it's a long reported feature about the failed and forgotten Superman Broadway musical of 1966. Here's another one. Do, do people in the audience, I'm not going to assume anymore. We, I have some slow clapping happening. Are people familiar with it's a bird dot, dot, dot. It's a plane dot, dot, dot. It's Superman. Yeah. So it's a bird. It's a plane. People finish that title. As I was saying it. Yeah. Yeah, No kidding. Yeah. So, um, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman, uh, only lasted six weeks in its initial run. Um, but it had this star studded team behind it. The book was written by Robert Benton and David Newman, who are the guys who wrote Bonnie and Clyde and Kramer versus Kramer. And then went to uh, later in a complete coincidence, they, they claim this literally had nothing to do with them doing the musical. They were then co-writers on the 1978 Richard Donner Superman. Uh, <laughs> the music and lyrics were written by um, uh, Charles Strauss and Lee Adams, who are the people who did the music and lyrics for Bye Bye Birdie and Annie, two pretty well-known musicals. It was directed by Hal Prince, who has more Tonys than any other person in, in history. Wow. And... It was Superman. Like, this thing should be huge, right? Like, we should all know this thing. And my story is kind of investigating, well, why didn't this work? Why have there... And there have been so many attempts to bring it back. And I won't get into the details of all of them, but they all fail for one reason or another. It seems almost cursed. But I do, in the article, have a theory that I I think it has reached its finished... Uh, end point, like where it's supposed to be in the form of this one hour long children's version with all of the um, like stuff that doesn't work, including this horrifically racist subplot about um, a group of Chinese, evil Chinese acrobats called the Flying Lings. The less uh-huh. about which is said is the better. Um, all that stuff gets cut out. And this one hour children's version is just like what a you know eight year old wants to see in a story about Superman. It's great, and like the Cincinnati Children's Theater put it together, and I have this feeling that like it's going to have this long afterlife as a result of that. Oh, wasn't there? I might be remembering this wrong, but wasn't there a version that was revised by Roberto Agusagasa? Yes, yeah. there was, and I get into that. I won't reveal exactly when what went wrong with that one, but yes, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa of Riverdale fame and many other things fame. Who also revised Spider-Man Turn Off the Duck. Correct. He yeah. then, yeah, man, you are talented. on it. Uh, yeah. He's Just very talented. Him, yes. Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, Dark happened almost like, happened like right after he finished up uh, working on this Dallas production of 
It's a Bird, It's a Planet Superman, where he literally just threw out the book and completely rewrote it and added in a bunch of Superman characters that were not in the initial version. And for reasons that I will tease and say you have to read the article, it it will probably never see the light of day again. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a weird, wild story that spans many decades, and I'm very proud of it, and hopefully it will actually get published at some point. I, I think people will enjoy it. So. Cool. Very cool. We'll definitely look for that, as well as the big downer coming tomorrow. That's yeah. <laughs> Tune uh, in. <laughs> we're going to move on to our next section, which we like to call the stack. The stack! In the stack, we're going to talk about a couple of comics that came out this week. Go to bat for them. Uh, we'll kick it off with this one. One of Pete's favorite titles, Murder Falcon. Yeah. Murder Falcon. Image Murder comics. Falcon. Uh, for those of you who are new to Thank the show, Pete likes Murder Falcon so much, he made his own T-shirt for it. There's a Murder Falcon T-shirt. They're nice. not publicly available. Pete made it. Uh, right. Pete, you want to talk about this book, why you like it so much? It's uh, First of all, it's... It's a story about metal, the music, and what it means to people and how it can save lives. Uh, also, it's, a, it's about a band that's broken up and how uh, they get back together. It's also a story about love. He uh, talks with his ex-girlfriend. It's, 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 there's something for everybody in this You are thing. skipping past so many parts of this book, Pete. Yep. It's about a falcon with an enormous axe arm that murders people. Yeah, but and he, he fights he, demons. Yeah, yep. but he fights demons. He's still good. He's yeah, not, yeah, I don't know. He's a good. He's, yeah, he's, he's good not a bad guy. Yeah. He's a good guy. Uh, yeah, this book is great. Uh, in this issue, they're putting the band together. We learn about a very classic Kiss-style metal band that fought these evil dimension-spanning demons back in the day. Yeah. But what really works about this book is the pacing of it, where it yeah. goes between these insane action sequences and then cuts to these very quiet scenes of the main character trying to bond with is it's his girlfriend or ex-wife Ex, ex-girlfriend yeah ex-girlfriend or ex-wife yeah yeah and it was a it, ring yeah I it alternates about that. between them it's really good i'm very surprised yeah, daniel warren johnson who uh is the creator slash artist slash writer and letterer <laughs> is a very t- have you guys ever met him? You should have no. him on the show sometime. He's oh a really nice God, guy. I would, I would freak out. I think you'd do great with it. Yeah, I, I met him at a con, and he was easily one of the nicest people I've ever met at a convention. He was just very oh. chatty, and he's just so talented. Yeah, where was this? Like he I don't know. just sitting under a rock somewhere. Yeah, I'm glad it's out now, though. Definitely, even if... uh, I'm not a big metal fan. I don't know if you can tell looking at me, but uh, (laughs) I love this book. Like, I think it channels the music really well. It channels the sense of the music. It's a lot of fun, but it's also very deeply emotional at the same time. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's move on to another one. Age of X-Men, Next Gen, number one. Now, if you haven't been reading the X-Men comic books, a couple of the X-Men are still alive. The rest of the X-Men have been sent to this... Sort of utopia, sort of 1984 George Orwell-esque world uh, where mutants are the dominant species. Everybody is a mutant. They all have powers, uh, but something is very wrong beneath the surface. Each of these titles are telling a different story. This is talking about the young X-Men characters who are still at school. Um, I... I like this a lot more than I thought I would. Like, I thought I would be bummed out about... Like Age of X-Men in general or just next gen? Yeah, in general, yeah. yeah. Uh, And this one is dealing specifically with uh, one character. Is Glob Herbin? I always forget his name. Yeah, Yeah, Glob. Uh, Glob. Uh, He clearly realizes what went wrong, and he remembers the real universe where nobody else does. So there's this nice thing running below the surface where... 
he uh, keeps stopping himself from telling everybody everything's wrong, but everybody else doesn't know it. So that's the kind of the conflict going on in the issue. Plus, um, he's I writing, enjoyed it. He's writing fanfic. Yeah. Yeah, and he's writing fanfic. That's right. Love Friendfic, fanfic. too. Yeah. He's including his uh, friends. What, yeah. what do you think about this? How are you feeling uh, about Next Gen um, and Age of X-Men? I, yeah, I agree with you. I'm enjoying it more than I thought I was going to. Uh, you know, I've... Just, it's so weird. It's so hard to get people really jazzed about the X-Men these days. And, I, you know, there are rumors about interesting things that will be happening later this year that we'll find out whether these rumors are true or not. But um, I was sort of thinking this was going to be yet another attempt to kind of, you know, pump the gas and get no result. But, um, no, it's it's kind of a fun little twist on the Age of Apocalypse idea from 95 of just sort of, you know, throwing everything into this new world and age of M as well. I mean, it's, uh, I'm sorry, house of M. And, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's fun. I like X-Man too. I like the idea of bringing about this Warren Ellis thing where he's like the, the mutant shaman, which, uh, I find. Yeah. There's something about the sense of it that it does feel like this shiny, happy world, but there's always danger lurking yeah, below yeah. the surface and that I think is working very well for the titles. Yeah, it's good. I almost don't even like the danger as much as just I like the world building. You know, I'd be yeah. happy if everything was just perfectly gleaming and wonderful. Uh, there needs to be conflict in fiction. Oh. Really? Yeah, I don't know if you... <laughs> you clearly haven't been to Scandinavia and watched like the slow <laughs> TV that they watch there where it's just like sure. a train going along for three hours. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen uh, Breaking Happy? That's one of my favorite shows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, there are. There's uh, a lot of really sweet moments. Like uh, he's just ch- talking to Chicken and they, oh, they, yeah, later, they yeah. had names of all the X-Men. It's adorable and amazing. And like he was one of those characters where I was like, this guy seems ridiculous. But the more we kind of get to know him, he's fantastic. And I'm, I'm Yeah, for those of you who don't regularly read the X-Men books, uh, Glob is a big pink blob with eyeballs and a skeleton floating in him. Yeah, yep. he's a, that's pretty much it. I'm not sure he has any powers. I don't think it, well, he's a he's a Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely creation, right? right. Am I getting that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, he's 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 a visual character. Yes, above all, he's good. Yeah. I like him. All right, last one we're going to talk about. This is a Pete favorite, The Punisher number uh, yes. eight from Marvel Comics. Pass Unlike the Punisher TV show, we do not get to see Frank Castle fuck in this comic. Yeah, unfortunately. sorry. But, you can Sorry. just imagine it happening between yeah. the panels. Yeah. Uh, Punisher is in jail. He's in jail. Baron Zemo's jail. He's in bad guy jail. He's been tortured. A skull carved on his chest. He's had his head shaved. Yeah. Uh, he's been recruited by an evil nun to work for him. There's uh, an evil Punisher elsewhere. But there's yeah, an there's evil a, Punisher someone elsewhere. Someone pretending to be the Punisher out there. Yeah. yeah. And the, the Punisher is finally name. trying to break out of jail, or rather take over the jail, this issue. Uh, how do you feel about this, Pete? Well, this is a fun issue because it's like, you know, Punisher has minions who's doing his tasks for him. So it's like he gets to kind of be the boss. Do you like that, though? Because bit. you like the Punisher murdering people. I do, yes, very but much But now so. he's not directly <laughs> murdering people. No, but what's nice is he's like, okay, you know, I have a bigger problem. I'm sure I could kind of work my way up through the ranks, killing everybody till I got to the top. But he's got a nun with him now, so he's like, listen, I'll be a little bit more sensitive. I'll let other people murder as well, and I'll share the love. And I think that's what religion is about. (laughs) (laughs) All hail the punisher. What do you think about this? I I enjoyed it. Um, You know, it's sort of a classic prison breakout montage issue where you just have lots and lots of 
uh, narration of what here's what we're going to do. And yeah. then you watch as it happens while mm. it's being narrated. And um, but it was very effective. And, yeah. uh, you know, Matthew Rosenberg clearly put a lot of thought into how you break out of a, a prison. And I appreciate yeah, that. Scary there's projectile vomiting. Uh, you got to use everything you got. You got to use everything you got. There's fertilizer. There's sewage in the shower. Um, yeah, it's uh, it was a good time. And uh, I really dug uh, the pencils. I think Sezaiman uh, Kudransky. Sure. sure. Yeah, I don't know who this person is, but um, they're very talented. I, I also, I, you, you can't see it on the podcast, but um, listeners uh, know that uh, Evil Punisher has a scene where he looks with one eye very wide open and the other scrunched shut, and he looks completely insane, and it's very good. So, Yeah, the pencils across the board. Yeah. This has been an insanely dark arc, even for the Punisher. Yeah, even by Punisher standards, right. yes. But it, it's fun. It's fun to read. So yeah. there you go. It yeah. is fun. Cool. Good for you. It is fun. <laughs> All right, great. Uh, that is it for the stack. Yay. Guys, we're going to move on to our next section, which is my favorite section because it comes out to you. It's your audience question. All right. All right. Let's do audience question. Uh, should I frame up what's going on with audience questions? No, I mean, let's just field some questions, see what happens. You know what I mean? Yeah, see what happens. We got we got a hand up way in the back. You know, we got some in the front here. Okay. All right. Uh, oh, you, sir, right there. What's your name? What's your question? Kevin, and first I'm going to say that uh, To Be or Not To Be, 1942, Jack Benny, Carol Lombard, one of my favorite films is... <laughs> you know more about Jack Benny than I do, so God bless. Uh, you were talking about Stanley's list of ideas, mm-hmm. and one of the comics that we uh, discussed just now you know, has a title that you think just... You, you think they had the title first. Murder Falcon? Exactly. Yes. I mean, it sounds like it's from a TV edit. And... Of a profanity. Yes. Um, oh, you're right. <laughs> I get it now. Yeah. Murder Falcon. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What is a comic that you've read that has an idea that you're just like, I don't get how this could possibly have been come up with, how everybody thought it could work, but it does. But it does. Ooh, that's a really good question. That, I was hoping you were going the other way. Because I had a list of things that the, like just the worst ideas. Yeah, worst yeah. ideas. Like, yeah. how did this get passed? But, um, you know, one that uh, for what this isn't probably you know the the best example of it, but um, uh, one idea that when you look at it on paper really shouldn't work, but ended up being one of the better comics of the aughts was um, X Machina, which is just a superhero is mayor of New York City. That sounds terrible right like that just sounds like it's going to be like you know cheap west wing style bullshit and then he flies around a little bit but um that managed to really mesh uh political drama and superheroics in a way that i found fascinating for for a number of years i thought that way when i heard of dmz oh yeah and i was like what the fuck man i don't want to read about this this is about new york city being a demilitarized zone, and I already kind of feel that way a little bit. Like, <laughs> this is going to be way too fucked up, but actually was amazing and really fun to read. Yeah, that was a good one, yeah. yeah. Cool. I don't have any answers. I'm sorry. Oh, I'll, I'll damn about, it. I'll think about it some more. Uh, what else? Who else has a question? The lights are there was one in the back. One in the back? Yes, you, sir. Come on down. What is your name, and what is your question? Hi. Oh, uh, Sorry. <laughs> 
My name's Jarrell. Hi, wow. Jarrell. You are really just stripping <laughs> <a little bit. laughs> Okay. Uh, I felt bad asking a Superman-related question because obvious reasons. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned the Superman musical before. Yeah, yeah. And and going off of that in Spider-Man, what was it? Turn Off, Turn the, off the Dark. Yes. Turn Off the Dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, having some research and having some, you know, Insight into it. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that there is a scenario where a superhero musical could work? Yes, I do. And in fact, um, I wish I could have seen Roberto Aguirre Sacasa's um, uh, rewritten book for its bird, its planet, Superman, because everything I hear about it um, makes me think maybe that could have been the silver bullet. Um, it really could have been something that could pull it off. And there's actually, there's a, a superhero musical in New York right now just called Superhero, which uh, I saw didn't love. Your mileage may vary, um, but I think it's certainly possible. They're both, you know, both musical theater I mean, and superhero fiction are very, um, you know, broad strokes, uh, you know, exposition heavy everybody explains what their emotions are uh you know you can you can mesh those things well i think if you if you put your mind to yeah, it yeah i mean the people would say that the shrek musical was great people said the spongebob musical oh, was great oh and there's dr horrible i know joss yeah. whedon is like on the outs with people but like dr horrible's sing-along blog is a lot of fun well or if you look at legion or umbrella academy yes I yes mean, if you took Particularly in Barrel Academy, which, frankly, I did not love the Netflix show. Yeah. But if you distilled it down to a stage version, the musical numbers in it are great. Oh, the musical and, numbers are terrific. When and they, when I it, think yeah. they barely do superhero stuff, so you absolutely <laughs> put it on stage. Yeah. No, it's a good question, and I think it can be done. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It can be done. <laughs> it can be done. We got one over here. We got a over here. Before we go over for no particular reason, since we have some new people in the audience, we should probably explain uh, one particular aspect of oh, audience Jesus questions. Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know why you always have to spell shit out for people. <laughs> Give them the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. They're smart Give them the benefit humans. of the doubt to understand this fucking insane thing that's happening in the show. <laughs> it's not that, that insane. That makes no sense. It's not that Great. insane. Great. So... Uh, in December, uh, I'll explain to our guest at least because Here he doesn't uh, understand. Uh, in December, uh, we found out during our last show of the year uh, that uh, Pete has been secretly, without telling anybody, running a Punisher quiz on our show for five years. Wait, how? Well, that's a, it's not. He's setting up a little bit wrong. Like you know how like. Uh, Basically, I was watching my brother's kids play video games, uh-huh. and they were like, oh, yeah, if you, you can unlock things, if you use certain characters and go over to them and you know, ask the right question or you know, okay. whatever. So I was like, oh, man, what a cool idea. I wish we did something like that on our show where if somebody said something, it like unlocked something that maybe they didn't know was there. Right. So you did that, but then you didn't tell anybody. That's right. That's right. For five years, I didn't tell anybody. For five years. And then at the last show at the end of the year, I couldn't take it anymore. And it kind After of like... Orga- what was the breaking point? Well, organically, it almost years. came up. Like, so oh, we were okay. talking about something, and I was like, this is fucking close as it's going to get. And then I kind of jumped on the opportunity. Sure. So he's been hiding this... Uh, pile of garbage over here. It's the Punisher <laughs> Shrine, right. you asshole. Show some goddamn respect. But this is not the prize. There's something hiding in here that's the prize <laughs> that he's kept, I know, for five years. Uh, you have to say the secret phrase 
to unlock it, and right. then there's a quiz. Quiz. And then there's... If you pass the quiz, there's a physical challenge. Right. So every time we find out a little bit more about this thing, uh, finally, two shows ago, it was finally unlocked. Somebody discovered the key phrase to unlock it, entered the quiz. We've ran that quiz twice. They haven't completed it. Uh, you have to do Punisher trivia. Well, wait, so, what was the phrase? Uh, well, well, you uh, can find out. Oh, I'll find out. That's what I'm saying. It's so obvious. We didn't have to fucking explain it. We could have just let it happen. Okay, okay, okay. Calm down, Pete. Uh, also, the other thing is, uh, Pete, you're going to have to run through all the questions. I'm not running through all the questions. No, run through the questions. We're not going to do it. We're picking up right where we left no, off. man. We're already wasting this so much is, goddamn man. time. This is not how quizzes work. You're <laughs> terrible. Uh, what is your name? What's your question, sir? I'm John. I want to take the secret Punisher quiz. And Unlocked uh, Executioner, it. the Joker, 48,000 something. And yes, Pete. Yeah, he was a Navy SEAL. All right, Dick. According to you. All right, here we go. Question. I, I just want to explain. He just uh, he previously answered how many questions? Four or five? Uh, six. No, five. Five. Okay, so we have two questions left of the quiz, and then potentially a physical challenge. Okay, and go. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, here we go. Question number six. In the comics, Frank chooses the skull while in Vietnam hunting blank. Is it A, the Viet Cong, B, a sniper named the Monkey, or C, rival assassin codenamed Bushwhacker? So when he picked the skull, who is it for? A, B, or C? There is no D, sir. I appreciate your creativity. Appreciate your creativity. Uh, this is Just because, like, two of them don't sound like anything I remember, I'm going to say A. He was hunting Viet Cong. Oh, my no. God. No. Dang it. No. That is incorrect, sir. I am sorry. Oh, sorry, right. Thank sir. you very much. Uh, this will drag uh, on for another week, down. I guess. Yeah, it will drag on a little bit longer. Yes. And it takes longer because you have to explain it each time, I and mean, we could have just had that happen. <laughs> uh, yes, that's fine. Thank you for bearing with that. Uh, do you want to throw out any other questions in case people are listening at home for the first time? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, simple Great. as Thanks, that. Thanks, Pete. Uh, <laughs> all right, that's it for your audience questions. Yay! Yay! And now, it's time uh, for our next section, which is trivia with Pete. Thank you, Alex, for that lovely introduction. This is the part uh, where we give back to you, the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to win twenty-five free dollars in the gift card to Midtown Comics. Because if you had twenty-five bucks, you go to a comic book shop. It's an opportunity to win twenty-five free dollars. Who would like twenty-five free dollars? Yeah. And this is Simple. trivia where you could just walk down, people feed you the answers, and you get twenty-five dollars. But I should mention at the end of this trivia quiz, there's a secret trivia quiz. Oh man, it's, this this show got really like baroque since the last <laughs> time I was on. Over the past months, man, it's, <laughs> it's been fucking strange. Now, yeah. just seriously, you can come down on yeah, stage and basically it's just get a simple racing of it. All right, you won we last week though. Nobody else. Oh, it was two weeks. I am going to give the card to someone. Okay, cool. A lucky person in the audience. Okay, Ooh, nice. Wow. All right. It's getting much Very trivia. generous. Yeah. All right. So uh, today's trivia is just on uh, comic book uh, Wait, hold on. topic. Real, real quick, though. Hi, it's Jarrell again. Okay. You, yeah. 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 Thank yeah. you. Jarrell, audience, audience, Jarrell. Thank you. All right. Uh, I'm going to read you a question. Listen to all three possible answers. Get all three questions right. $25 yours. Here we go. Someone else's, but yeah. Okay. Sorry. You're right. 
Question number one. Marvel is launching a new Giant Man title with how many Giant Men? How many will be in the book? Is it A4, B1, don't pick that, or C, phone booth, which is not a number, so it's wrong. <laughs> so you could pick A for $25, or you could pick something else and be completely wrong. I'm going to pick A. A is correct. Wow, There's going to be four giant men in the giant man title. Confusing. I, I still agree. don't know why they didn't I'm call it Giant me. Men. That would have been a great right. name. Yeah, it's just really, weird. Yeah. I know. I thought I misread it the first time I saw it. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, uh, yeah that's why I put it in here, because I was just scratching my head about it. All right. Question number two. For the War of Realms, Marvel heroes turn into blank. Is it A, cats, B, as guardians, which makes a lot of sense, or C, Genghis Khan? So it's either A, cats... Don't pick that one. Or B, as Guardians, War of Realms. In my defense, I'm a big fan of C, but I'm going to have to go with B, as Guardians. All right. Correct, sir. Correct. Here we go. Last one. You're this close. Who is going, uh, who is doing the next Batman TMT team up? Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles team up. Uh, Is it A, Kevin Eastman? B, Scott Snyder. Okay, actually, I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. It is A, Kevin Eastman. Well, you Wait, are but correct. let him do the C. What okay. was because the C? Because the C is the joke answer that then ties everything together. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. C is Rufus. He's already got it. Uh, so, yes, hmm. so, Eastman is coming back yes. to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with the team of Batman. I'm very excited. So, $25 wait, wait, wait. is yours. Wait, 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 wait. wait. It's not mine. Remember. Right. So, you can question. give it to whoever you want. So, what was the original C? The first C, I should say. The, the first C was C, phone, booth. phone booth. Phone booth, Genghis, Genghis Khan, Khan, Rufus. Rufus. Do you want to tell them? Bill and Ted's oh, Excellent Adventure. Wild Stallions. Well done, wild, stallions. wild Stallions. All right, there we go. Watch out for that cord. It'll trip you up. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was nice. Uh, great. Uh, Pete, you got any more trivia quizzes? Nope. Great. Okay, very cool. Uh, <laughs> Hooray. As we all know, tomorrow is new comic book day. We recommend you go to Midtown Comics because they've been nice enough to sponsor the show. Pete, what are you looking forward to? Oh, man, a lot of great stuff coming out. Uh, It's tough to pick. I'm going to go with Aquaman number 45. Any particular reason? Curveball. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, They got kind of a new team on it. I'm excited with what's going on. Uh, yeah, I just want to see the last issue really blew me away. Sure. So, yeah, Kelly Sue DeConnick took over the title. Yeah. Aquaman yeah. has lost his memory. He seems to be being manipulated by these We've all been there. strange yeah. magic people who all live in an island together. Uh, he's slowly regaining his powers and his memory and going on an epic journey to regain himself. Uh, I agree. It's been great so far. Yeah. Uh, I'm really looking forward to Naomi number two coming out from yeah. DC Comics. Yeah. New title by Brian Michael Bendis. It's an original property set in the DC Universe. And what we found out in the first issue, uh, this young girl lived in a small town. Uh, Superman comes by. He's fighting a supervillain. She goes, wow, that's the first time this has happened in the town. And somebody says, actually, that happened once years ago. And by the end of the issue, she finds out it was the day she was born. What? And starts investigating the mystery of what went on, what she hasn't been told about Superman's her adoption, her dad. true parents, etc. 
don't think that's what's going to happen. Oh. Uh, but so far, it's classic Brian Michael Bendis character work. Um, if you're interested in a review of it, we're going to do a review in our Stack podcast, which goes in the Comic Book Club feed Wednesday 9 a.m. with new comic book reviews, so check that out. And you forgot to show me the diamond list for next week or, oh, or oh. tomorrow, so I don't actually know what's coming out. No, I'm really right. um, When I was a kid, I used to have memorized exactly what week things came out on. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, plug but, your stuff. What should people plug my stuff? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'd say follow me on Twitter, but I'm trying to take a break from Twitter so I can focus on the book. We'll see how long that lasts. But uh, I will uh, post things on my website when I do new stories, and that's abrahamreisman.com. You can spell it correctly, or you can misspell Reisman, uh, transpose the I and the E, and it will still direct to the website. I bought that domain. And I forgot to ask earlier, do you know roughly when the book is coming out? The book is one? scheduled. For, I'm sure I'm jinxing it by actually putting this out there in the yep. world, but the, the scheduled plan is fall 2020 so it's a while from now but um we'll see if i can actually stick to all my deadlines oh. virtually everyone i know who's written a book when i ask for advice they're like oh just be prepared you're gonna ask for extensions and your editor's gonna be really mad at you and i'm like no no, no not me i'm always on time and like i don't know it's a lot of words <laughs> do you have anything like a, a tip line or anything like that like if somebody knows oh yeah actually that's actually a gr- thank you you're i'm welcome. looking i'm casting a wide net so if anybody like had any interesting interactions with stan that you ever want to funnel my way i'd love to hear them uh you can get me at abraham at abraham just or just google abraham reisman email abraham reisman contact i'm very easy to find all right very cool a couple of things before we go the show is free to come see and free to listen to but it does cost us a little bit of money to do if you want to support it patreon.com slash comic book club also beyond this podcast we do a bunch of other podcasts uh, we have a regular riverdale podcast that we do most wednesdays at riverdale after dark also we have a deadly class podcast running right now called deadly cast american gods is coming back soon we have an american god cast oh, a bunch man. of others you can check out i know it's too much uh and what else you want to plug, Pete? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live, uh, Comic Book Club Live.com for this podcast and many more. A couple of people we want to thank before we go. We want to thank A for being on the show. Yay for me. Hooray. Boot Man Prime. But most of all, we want to thank you guys for Thanks, every everybody. Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Totally free. Please tell your friends good night. Thanks, good everybody. Night. Thanks for coming out. Really appreciate Bye. it. Thanks for listening.